Hello and welcome to a fresh post-game edition of the Not Another Bucking Podcast. My name is Nick Cosmiter, your host, uh, joined by producer Cos, Matt Cosmiter, um, with me tonight. Bro, we got a we got a game to break down. The Broncos beat the Bills 24 to 22 on Monday night football. It's Denver's third win in a row, and all of a sudden these Broncos are four and five, still staring up at quite a few teams in the AFC playoff picture. Um, but, but they can see the view from now, from here now, like they're, they're not in that, in the bottom of the hole where you can't even see sunlight. Like they can almost see the lip of this hole that they dug for themselves. And while it is still a a long shot, it's crazy how quickly we're actually entertaining this, um, as possible. But again, the Broncos, you know, coming into this game, they were coming off the bye. They had the huge win over the chiefs in week eight, um, got to carry that into the bye really assess where they were at, what they were doing well, wanted to build a game plan going into Buffalo that was continuing to build on the things that they, that they did well while continuing to mitigate some of their, you know, some of their exposure, some of the, some of their weaknesses. Um, and, and you saw a game tonight that like really did follow this newfound script where you have this advantageous defense that forces four turnovers. You, you run the ball and you stay disciplined to it, even when you're only averaging for most of the game, about two, two and a half yards of carry. Um, you know, living, living with the fact that a punt is, isn't, is an okay play, um, you know, getting good, big return game, um, for, for, for Marvin Mims Jr. Like some of these things that we've seen them do, but Matt, the difference tonight that you, you add in there, um, to me was like some Russ magic man in, in the fourth quarter. And I talked to Mike McGlinchey after this, the, the longtime 49ers right tackle who signed the big free agency deal. And he said, look, man, for so many years, I was watching him do that, do that to us, um, you know, in those big NFC West games. Same thing. I talked to Zach Allen about it, too. He's just like, yep, seen this, seen this story. But, you know, two, he led two scoring drives in the fourth quarter, a go-ahead touchdown drive, and then the winning field goal drive. And just his improvisation, Matt, the way that he was able to wiggle free, these little flip passes to Samaj P. Ryan, um, that was sort of my my big takeaway of, like, Again, Sean Payton talked about this going back to the very beginning of the year of like, we're trying to take Russ off the high dive, not put too much, you know, undo things that he shouldn't have to be burdened with necessarily on his shoulders. But there are going to be times that he has to be on that high dive. He has to make these plays off script. And and Matt, I I thought he did that tonight. 24 of 29, 193 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, You know, the way that he got it done late in that game. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about the stuff he did late in the game. You're not even bringing up what was probably his best play as a Bronco thus far, which was a fourth and two down near the goal line where he scrambles for probably a good 40, 50 yards before throwing a prayer to the perfect spot for Cortland Sutton to make one of the most amazing catches you'll see all year, dragging both feet inbounds. Like that, that to me was the one you're like, okay, this is starting to look a lot like the Russell Wilson of the past of, you know, before of the Seattle Seahawks, the guy who was making stuff happen. And, it really was impressive. And again, this is a team that came out 38 rushes to 29 passes this time. Mind you, a lot, some of those are called passes that uh, is him, is him scrambling, but yeah, the bills clearly came out with the mindset of we are going to not let the Broncos beat us on those deep balls. They were running a lot of two deep or quarter looks. They, they, I think they rushed five or more rushers like five or six times through the entire game it wasn't like a blitz heavy package it wasn't a lot of man it was just keep everything in front of you and make them beat you with the small the short short passes which 
the offense wasn't generally able to do a whole lot, but they did just enough of it, especially near the end of the game. They found their looks and, you know, they, they walk, they're going to walk away with the W with a interesting, interesting end to, to tonight's game for sure. Yeah. No, I, I, some of the stats coming out for, for Wilson, I, I'm glad you, I, I was definitely going to talk about that, that first play, but you know, this next gen, next gen stats, it's, it says that both of Wilson's touchdowns, the one to Sutton, and then the, the fourth quarter one uh, to J- Javante Williams that ended a 14 play 54 yard drive in which they converted three third downs um, that I'll talk about in a second. Like that, that was some of, some of his best work, but his two touchdowns were both off play action. They were both on the run and they were both under pressure. Like those are the sort of things like you knew Russell Wilson for that's, that's what you wanted to trade him. Uh, that's why you wanted to trade what you did to get him because of those sorts of those sorts of plays. And now that the the rest that the roster is starting to catch up now that there's a more co- coherent game plan involved in it, um, you're starting to see. So, I mean, this, a lot of it really is looking like Wilson. He's not as fast. He's not as elusive. And so some of the things he's done, you know, like it, it's harder for him to get it done. It doesn't look as effortless perhaps as it, as he, as it did, but so much of it is still that instinctual, you know, gift that he has. But Matt, you, you mentioned, you mentioned that, that play, uh, in the second quarter, the, the the touchdown throw that put Denver up nine to zero after they missed the extra point. Um, next gen stats said the the completion probability of that throw after Russell Wilson scrambled for sixteen yards backwards, throws it off his back foot from the twenty two yard line, um, throws the ball forty yards in the air while while Cortland Sutton taps it. I mean, just somehow innately knew. It, exactly when to stop as if he had hit a hit a brick wall and then leaned over to make the catch like that that was the his most like just wow play uh since he came to denver in 2022 that uh, had a 3.2 completion rate again the most improbable completion of the next gen stats era which i think they've been they've been doing it now for for you know a decade or something like that so um pretty pretty incredible but matt this this game started defensively with what was, um, you know, just just another advantageous thing. The very first play of the game, Bills decide to take the ball, which you know you don't see a whole teams do a whole lot anymore when they win the toss. Typically, you you defer and, and try to kind of get that two for one at the end of the end of the second half. But the Bills said, you know, give us the ball. We've been struck. We want to get this offense rolling right away. Um, and then they come out and they throw a little screen pass to 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 um, James Cook, the running back, ja- Jaquan McMillan on it, strips the ball, recovers it. Set set the Broncos up in position where that you know they don't don't have to gain much, um, and ended up kicking a field goal to go up three zero. And it's just like that, that it's what it is with this defense right now. Um, it is not perfect. It is still a defense that is not very good against the run. They gave up 192 rush yards. And when the Bills really did get going in this game, it was when they went up tempo. They ran the ball. They ran straight at Denver in their nickel. Um, you know, uh, PJ Lock getting hurt tonight. We've seen, um, you know. Delarin Turner-Yell is out there trying, but he's just, he's really struggling when he, when he's in there. So they'll definitely, they'll get Kareem Jackson back next week from his suspension at worst and hopefully have PJ Locke too, depending on how bad his ankle injury was. But yeah, but that was the thing though, Matt, they, they, they're continuing to force turnovers. They, they, they held the the bills on fourth down near midfield to begin a drive in the third quarter. Um, It's a group that just continues to play with confidence. And I think, different from earlier this year is when they are giving up big plays or things happen, there just seems to be a lot more resolve on that unit. Now, a lot more belief that like, we're not going to go in the tank just because we're giving up some explosives. 
Yeah, and I, I credit a lot of that to Justin Simmons being back in the lineup. He has been phenomenal and is a, an amazing force on the back end of that, that unit. But, man, has this secondary looked so much better since Fabian Moreau and uh, Jaquan McMillian have, have returned to that lineup or yeah. have entered that lineup. Uh, Fabian Moreau was a guy that, you know, he was a training camp sign, kind of partway through training camp. They signed him as like that veteran depth um, piece partway through. But, like, since he's entered the lineup in the last few weeks, he has been phenomenal. And so that, that secondary in the, had three turnovers in the first half. Yeah. And then, you know, the last of which set up a really good, a really good time management situation for the Broncos towards the end of the half. Cause they get the ball back with 40 seconds and they, and no timeouts, they move the ball down, they get into field goal range and they they, and they aren't in a situation where they can spike it. Cause they, it's fourth down and they have to run the, the, the field goal team on first of a couple times that they did this, this game. And while Sean Payton downplayed it in his post-game press conference, that kind of situation where you're running the offense off the field, running the, the special teams on, you know, I think there were 17 seconds left when they started it. They get on there, they kick the, you know, they make the field goal and they capitalize for that kind of two for one potential where you score at the end of the half, you get the ball back in the second half. And that kind of, competent football was something that was missing last year to an extent that is really, you know, like I said, Sean Payton kind of downplayed. He's like, ah, that's what's expected. That's what, you know, that it's when it's hard is when they have to spike the ball, you know, you're like, yeah, but you know, still for it to look natural and look at ease right there after the, the missed extra point, which already kind of had you clenching your fists and a little worried for them to kind of get those points at the end of the half ended up being very important. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. I think he took exception. To, uh, uh, there was a reporter who described it as, you know, the, the chaos of that moment. I think he took exception to the idea that it was chaotic because it is something that they that they work on so much. But to your point, Matt, I think if you look at the so so yeah, let's again the the Broncos scored to go up twenty one to fifteen, right, with the extra point to come. Um, they had already missed when Will Will Lutz hit hit um, off the upright, following that great Cortland Sutton touchdown that we were just waxing poetic about. So they were already kind of in the hole, one extra point. They also kind of gifted the Bills a two-point conversion chance because after Buffalo's first touchdown, the Bills just kicked an extra point like normal, but Bronco, the Broncos were offside. So the Bills said, hey, we like the, the percentage, the odds from going from the one-yard line. We'll go ahead and convert, you know, do the two-point conversion. So the Broncos have already lost two points there. And then, of course, after that touchdown from, from Russell Wilson to Javante Williams, the four-yard touchdown pass in the fourth quarter midway through, um, the, the ball just goes right through Riley Dixon's hands. The holder just just misses it, and they they end up having to abort that play. So now you're, you're three points in. So when Buffalo follows the, the Javante Williams touchdown reception by just driving down for probably their best drive of the game, just swiftly get down the field, you know, the big James Cook run, um, they get down there, they score a touchdown on Josh Allen's six yard scramble. And now they just kick the extra point. And all of a sudden Denver's down for the first time in the game. Um, like all that work, right. like, and I can't things- be, yeah, I can't be the only one who was thinking, reminiscing about week one against Las Vegas going, are we going to have our second loss of the season due to miss extra points? Yeah. Where you know that that one or two points for miss extra points comes back to cost you two, two columns or two in the W but uh, fortunately, as your, your colleague at The Athletic, Tim Graham, wrote it, there was an appropriate ending to a game neither team deserved to win. Uh, yeah, was, was it, was, it was in that moment where you're just like, yeah, both teams were doing things that you just say, like, 
you know, that, that it, it's, and I think that, I think that was sort of like the frustrating part for, for champagne is like situationally, they were really good tonight. You, you really w- laid out well that end of the first half scenario in which Fabian Moreau gets the pick um, and, and they, they fire drill the, the, the field goal unit on get, you know, get the make to go up 15 to eight at halftime. I was, that was a huge sequence. Um, but I think that frustration for Peyton was like, they, they, you did all these things really well. Um, but, but then you just have these like seemingly random things that, that happen, right? Like it's, it's not like some sort of situational failure that, that will let's push the, the PAT off the upright. Like it happens sometimes, like, you know, these ever since, ever since they moved that attempt back, um, you know, to make it a 35 yarder instead of a 20 yarder or whatever, like you're going to miss some, like that's, that's going to happen. And then, you know, how often is your holder just going to just whiff a, a perfect snap in his hands? Like that doesn't happen either. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a wet night. There wasn't anything that they didn't prepare for. It's just one of those random things. So I think that was just like, are, are you kidding in these moments? We've done all these other things. And granted they, they weren't, um, they did a really poor job getting, having manageable third down. I think that was for a long time. The story in this game was Denver continuously was in these third and longs created by, you know, either, either negative or, or zero yard runs early in downs, or it was these penalties like, you know, false start had some holds, like just a lot of offensive penalties that, that they, that they've really got to clean up because they just don't have the ammunition to, to strike fast. Um, but but yeah, at the end of the game, there they they managed to get down there anyway. The one fifty five, they're they're down one. That place was starting to swell for Buffalo. Like the the the, the crowd was incredible. Um, and you know, you're saying like, oh, this is going to be a, a tough drive. Like the Bills have all the momentum. And and Wilson, we were talking about a little bit earlier, but he manages to just sort of avoid the sack, flip to Samaj Piran at the last minute. Um, and, and, you know, the running backs did a great job, like making themselves available to Russ in those moments, turns it into an 18 yard gain. And all of a sudden, okay, now you're in a situation where you're, you're in, you're in a good spot. They end up taking a sack. The Broncos do on that drive and like near midfield. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they just took that sack at that part of the field. Now, all of a sudden they're third and 10 at, at the Buffalo 45, like, they are not in field goal range at that at that moment, and so like it's third and ten. And what come what came next, Matt? Like almost stunned me a little bit with the Bills. Like the Broncos had not been able to convert third and long, save for a, a big play to Jerry Judy um, on the prior drive. But it's third and ten, and Buffalo zero blitzes them again. Like at that moment, the Broncos are not in field goal range. You don't need to push them back any further to have them not kick a field goal. They're going to go for it on fourth down, even if they gain maybe five yards on third down. They're not going to kick a 57-yard field goal in those conditions. So, like, to me, to to go all out on that third down play um, was just kind of reckless. And sure enough, Russell Wilson just throws up, does what you should do. You throw up, under underthrow Jerry Judy on a deep fly. He comes back. The, the defender is in one of those positions that you're just like, you're, you're screwed. He, he, he breaks up the interference call because he can't stop his momentum going back to try to get to Judy. Um, yeah. So that, and that kind of, the, the, yeah, sorry to kind of, to build on, on that, like you're talking about the zero blitz, like Taron Johnson and like, actually like all three of the cornerbacks that were, that were playing the play kind of sat at like a five to seven yard zone and just sat there as these receivers came out running triple verticals. So, you know, and like Taron Johnson got caught flat footed and Jerry Judy beat him by like three steps. Like that's a touchdown. If that passes anywhere near 
on time, but you know, even with, you know, Karen having to catch up, uh, Judy is able to draw the, the penalty, but like, yeah, definitely a questionable call there. Like I, we talked earlier, like the entire time, the game plan for the bills was keep it in front of you, make them do those short passes. And then, you know, the one time that we show up with a three vertical route is the time that there's seven rushers and Wilson throws up a prayer that works. Yeah. So yeah. kind of to touch back though. Yeah. Kind of to touch back though, kind of part of the interesting thing about Buffalo choosing to receive is that that meant that they were able to have side selection in the second half, which meant that the 42 yard field goal that, that was getting ready to be kicked by Lutz was into that kind of end of the field where the, that wind is swirling really bad. It's the much harder end to kick in, which ended up almost being very important as well. A kind of an almost, almost being fortuitous decision-making to, to not defer there, but um, yeah. <laughs> friend of the yeah. friend of the program, Nate Kreckman from mile high sports radio called it a hilariously entertaining football game. Um, and I think that that ending with 12 minutes, Altitude Sports Radio. So oh, sorry, altitude. Gonna, altitude. I'm going to prevent him from like, yeah, from wanting to. Um, My bad. You know, My bad. Name on the show. Um, previously with Mile High, right? Yeah. Um, no, I well, Nate's been in the market for 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 a long time, um, and yeah. I will I will cop to not knowing exactly what all of his stops have been, but he's been without. <laughs> but wait, so tell me again. What did he? What did his, what did his tweet say? He called, he called it a hilariously entertaining football game, which <laughs> I thought was coming. The way that that game ended, I thought was, was appropriate for that was, you know, an appropriate tweet. So. I mean, but yeah, just like talk about like, you know, we, we can laugh at it, but you just think like the, the swing of like emotion and how those things play out when he missed that field goal, I'm thinking like, God, this, this poor son of a gun, man, like, you know, an extra point, And now you, you know, a missed would be game winner from 41 yards. Like you missed that, like, you know, just the, the, that his, his having to be in that, that locker room and that setting after a game like that would be brutal. And instead it's, it's, it's the bills who make the, the crippling mistake with too many men on the field. And, um, you know, I don't know if I touched on this point earlier, but part of that, like, you know, the, the rush in, it was, it was an interesting deal where like, you know, Russell Wilson takes the knee so that they just basically then sprint everybody on McDermott said that like, yeah, that we, we practice, we've, we practice matching going from our nickel to then getting our, um, getting our field goal block unit on, but somebody that wasn't supposed to be on there, um, either stayed on the field or ran onto the field and, um, you know, yeah, they had, they had 12 on there and, you know, Broncos get another shot at it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a wild night, man. It was just one of those games. Like I, I tweeted it sometimes. It's just like getting weird in Buffalo. James Cook had a breakaway run in which he fumbled the ball and it bounced right back <laughs> to his hands. Like it was just a quirky night. Like there was a lot of just weird stuff that happened, you know, from the very start when when you know you force a fumble on the on the first play. But um it was just yeah, it was it was another game though, in which like the Broncos are starting to kind of have a little bit more of this this resolve that you, we just not, not seen a whole lot in, in recent years, but however you want to cut it, whatever, whatever kind of Buffalo is going through right now, they, they clearly have some, some issues, um, you know, that, that could see them make a change at offensive coordinator or something like that. Um, they clearly have some issues, but this is a team that has been deep in the playoffs. Um, you know, that is a contending team as it has an elite quarterback. You're, you're in a very difficult place to play. Um, so you go on the road and you win that game after having beaten the defending champions. Um, like they, they are now in a position where 
the road is still tough. Like the, the, this, we'll talk about it probably all year of the, when you, when you start one and five, you've just eliminated your margin for error and the Broncos still have some, some tough games. They got to go on the road to face Detroit. Um, you know, Cleveland coming in a couple of weeks will be no picnic. I mean, even the Vikings, the way that they're playing right now and, and getting just Justin Jefferson back, um, they think on Sunday night, like nothing's easy. Um, but it's just now you start to see it. That, that I think the belief that they have, um, you know, and you give Sean Payton credit for for being in a one in five hole the, with so many players in that locker room have kind of been in that spot before and just said, we know how this goes. We get down and then it kind of all just fades away. They're they're in there believing that they can do something. And it, as I wrote my story, it's like, why shouldn't they at this point? Yeah. And I think when we start talking about, you know, what does it take to make the playoffs in a 17 game season, you're probably going to need to get to 10 wins. So somewhere in these next, next eight games, you have to find six wins. If you want a legit, if you want to have a good chance of making it. So when you have, there's not a lot of margin for error when you're playing teams like Cleveland you're playing, you're going to Los Angeles, you're playing in Detroit. Um, and then you got to go back to Las Vegas, which is a game you should win, but you've already lost once. Um, those are, you have to be really, really good down the stretch, but two wins like this, three wins in a row. Now you're starting to build momentum that it can really give the team confidence that, cause what you, what you, a lot of times in the NFL, you get in these close games and it seems like every year there's one or two teams that lose 10, one possession games. And there's some team that wins 10, those are one possession for being games. that team this and, year. Right. And the difference between those two teams record wise is, you know, eight, nine wins, but like performance wise, it can be a lot closer than that. When you get the parity in the NFL, like you have, if you learn, start to win or start to expect to win those close games and you start to string some of those close victories together, that's kind of how you make those pushes late in the season to start, you know, talking playoffs and actually having a legitimate shot at making it. Yeah, no, it's it's a real it's a really good point, and you can just sort of sense some of that um, in the locker room. So we'll we'll leave it there for tonight, since it's um, two thirty six a.m. local time here in Buffalo. Got to got to get to the airport. Got to get back home. But um, we will have we'll have a midweek show. Um, you know, kind of breaking down where the Broncos are as they head into it. Another huge game that they they're all kind of having that tag now. As you laid out, Matt, they're going to be um, hosting the the Vikings who have won a few in a row. Um, you know, it's funny. We, we thought for sure a while back that this was going to be a game that NBC would flex out in favor of something else. Now they're very glad they made this decision. There's, uh, I mean, the, the Josh Dobbs story is, is pretty incredible, um, you know, with what he's been able to do since getting traded to Minnesota um, over his last two weeks. The Broncos are one of the hottest teams in football, winners of three in a row. Um, you know, they're put it together. So going to be a great, a, a great matchup to break down. So looking forward to doing that. Um, really thank you all for, uh, you know, for getting up with us um, and, um, you know, and kind of reliving this game in Buffalo, a 24 to 22 win that puts the Broncos again at four and five. A um, lot of fun stuff, Matt. Good, good work. And um, thanks for everybody listening. And we'll talk to you guys soon.